0: Hey everybody, this is Liliana Mileva and I'm excited to bring you Menopause Made Easy, a podcast designed to provide you tips and strategy to navigate the changes in woman's body, mind and spirit with more grace and ease. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you are updated of each episode released. All right, let's dive in. Welcome today for our new episode of Menopause Made Easy, and as usual today I have another amazing guest, which is Ambika Devi, and I will let her introduce herself. Tell our listeners who is Ambika. I am a
1: multipreneur, so I've got a lot of things going on all at once. Very very creative, but as far as what I offer to people to help them on their path in life. Primarily, I'm an astrologer. I'm a writer. I have six books. I'm also the publisher of my books. And I've been an instructor, teacher, professor all my life, from kindergarten all the way through university. And I've got several undergraduate degrees, a master's degree in yoga, and 10 years into research and writing, study on a PhD, focused on my challenge, which is how to teach people to use the power of their own voices and their breath to completely change their minds, clear things, and ideation. So coming up with ideas. As far as dealing with life, I think we all can use this right now. And breathing happens to be a big part of a course that I'm getting ready to publish on my site which is helping people sleep.
0: Yes, talk about the sleep. is a big uh, part in that nobody talk about so much. It's one of the symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. How does it relate menopause with sleep? How actually breath can help?
1: Yes, absolutely. As a yogi, I've been a yogi and studying meditation since I was six years old. In 1966 is when I was introduced to meditation. A few years later, my mother started taking me to yoga class with her, and the type of class she was going to was more traditional. Teacher is a disciple of Iyengar. He was one of the earlier yogis that came to the United States, very focused on traditional sensibilities in yoga, which involves a lot of breathing. So I became fascinated with it, and then I became a singer. So breathing became a big part of my life then. When going through perimenopause, I feel like I went through it for a really long time, you know, and I did go through sleep challenges. Now, I had learned things over the years of how to help myself. I learned that I really need a dark space. And then I learned I really needed a certain temperature. And little by little, as I moved through life, I noticed things that would disturb it and things that would help it. So I decided to put a course together with the many things I've learned, but also by coaching clients and helping them to learn holistically, because one of the topics I taught is holistic health for 21 years at the university level. So I come to it with science, but also the ideas and absolute Studies of energy because energy has a lot to do with it. Coming from yoga, many people don't know, Diliana, that yoga has two sisters. One is Ayurveda, and I bet you've heard of that and you know about it, but the other is Jyotisha. Ever hear of this one?
0: No, let's talk about this. Don't Jyotisha's about- astrology.
1: I said earlier, I'm an astrologer. You see, so that's a sister science to yoga. It took a long time for Ayurveda to show up. And when I was going through perimenopause, when I just was starting to get so symptomatic that it was disturbing me in many ways, changing, you know, that change is, I liken it to just zooming at top speed in one direction and all of a sudden, you know, you have to turn around and go the other way because our energy was going down into the earth while we were fertile and productive, and reproductive. But then the energy turns and starts to go up out through your head. That's why you get so hot and get hot flashes. And so dealing with that, plus, I felt like I had the flu. I just, I couldn't figure out what was wrong. I would take my temperature, and it wasn't really that off. So I found my way to an Ayurvedic doctor, and that happens to be who I wrote my second book with. His name is Dr. VJ Jain and the book is Unfolding Happiness, and deciding to do it was a result of me seeing him. One of the first things he did for me was he gave me some Ayurvedic herbs to put in warm water and drink before I eat. And it was right after our first consultation, we were in a really beautiful kind of of out-of-the-way setting in the woods on a lake. It was a really lovely retreat center. I feel really fortunate that I got to go there many times to see him and do even full week cleansings or eight-day cleansings, which really helped. But on this day he he took me over for lunch because it was lunchtime right after our appointment. He gave me these herbs and I'll tell you, it was the first time truly that I could remember just feeling a warm feeling in my belly, feeling the right kind of hunger. I always was leading up to that point a little off with <laughs> digestion. And just that first time changed me. And so I became really fascinated. This is how I was led into many different studies in holistic health, herbology and aromatherapy. Shiatsu, I taught shiatsu for many, many years. So I know a lot about the body. And of course, I was doing these things. But I'll tell you, even going through something new can put you right you know back to the beginner line. So when we figured out what my symptoms were, he laughed. I was a little offended because he was like, "Ah, it's perimenopause. And I was like, wait a second, that's not laughable. You know, this is something I wasn't aware of because nobody told me this would happen or could happen. And that led me on a quest of figuring things out. And whenever I figure things out that work for me, or one of my clients, I like to publish something about it, either a course or a blog or a book, so I can help people.
0: Why do you think that so many women suffer from insomnia and difficulty to sleep during the menopause? One of the biggest causes I see over
1: the years and thousands of clients is digestion. That's, I think, the number one thing, what you're eating and when you're eating it. Certainly, we know now science has jumped on and really begun to give us some information like about chocolate and caffeine and sugar and things we know about or maybe it would be good to learn about dietarily. But I think also temperature needs change, spatial needs change. The way we went in the mother stage, I see us as beautiful women. We are in maiden. Maiden is our first stage and then mother and then crone. And I don't see Crone is a bad word, everybody. I think of it like a crown, that I now can wear my crown, you know, because I'm hopefully wiser.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's supposed to be. (laughs) We know that the wisdom is coming with the change of this time of the women's life. And it's good time to start to tune in, right? To start to meditate, to start to learn this. Bread is actually how bread help with sleep. What I have learned personally, and again, in
1: teaching is that certain breathing exercises will help quiet a person's mind very quickly. But also, I don't see that there's just one that works for everybody. And this is so true with everything else. You know, one woman might really need it at 64 degrees to sleep and another might be fine at 70, but I suggest if you're having trouble to look between 64 and 68. Don't be afraid to make it cold. Light versus darkness, electronic equipment definitely affects us. Things being packed in plastic so much, giving false estrogens to the body, really affect us. So that means we have to think about cleansing more. When our bodies were menstruating and we were shedding on a regular schedule with the moon, Our bodies were helping us to clean out. Now that doesn't happen anymore when we begin to move into menopause and then through it. And so we have to be more mindful of taking care of ourselves and cleansing ourselves.
0: Let's talk a little bit about mindfulness and how that can help the symptoms and specifically the
1: sleep. Well, the first thing is when we're wrestling with the mind and we're thinking maybe lying in bed and can't sleep, you know, if you get really frustrated and you get involved with your thoughts, then they'll suck you in and they'll keep growing. But as a meditator, what we practice, the whole reason why we practice, which is also what the term mindfulness is sometimes used for, but this is meditation, this is the practice of meditation, which is to withdraw from the thought or the object or the thought of the object, pull back and witness it. So a lot of people mistake the idea of meditation or being mindful as focusing on something and being really aware that it's right there, you know, but that's not going to help relax you. If anything, that's going to stress you out. So As a meditator, the way I teach my beginner students is first focus on the breath, because the breath and the sound of your voice and different hand positions, perhaps using your hands maybe to close off your eyes. And something I love is just teaching people to put their fingers on their eyelids lightly and let the palm just cup the chin. Don't do it if you're driving, listening to this, (laughs) if you're stressed out. And you do this after rubbing your hands together vigorously and just touch your fingers lightly to your eyelids and let your palms cup around the chin bones, the jaw bones. You're just going to find that you relax and you might after that find that you want to massage your head or face. It just centers you in. That to me is a mindfulness practice. I don't profess to teach any formal path of study of mindfulness. And I actually write blogs about the difference quite often of mindfulness and meditation because they're different. People will interchange the words.
0: What does that make actually under all the sense? I use these techniques I say meditation and breathing techniques to help with distress and sleep. I do want to back up just a second.
1: Mindfulness can be that you could focus on a mantra, but the, when you're focusing or forcing the mind, you're not allowing it to fully relax. That's a harder trigger. I'm not saying it won't work. I'm just saying my PhD studies and research is to find the easiest, fastest path. And I can definitely tell you that's not the easiest, fastest path. But with breathing, especially if you close your ears off or do particular breath like this one, this is called ujjayi. And it's as if you're saying the sound ah, but you're you're going to breathe in and out of your nose. So it's how you're using the muscles in the throat. (laughs) You can hear it, right? Almost like I'm about to snore. So you can think ah on the in and then ooh on the out. That works for me. Works for most people. But if you think just before a snore or what it feels like when you're clearing your throat, then you'll find it and it rolls like the ocean. That's not the easiest breath. But that one without any body movement often helps. That one works for me. What if you're hot? You could curl your tongue. Not everybody can do that. You know, if you roll your tongue up, if you're just listening, I didn't want to confuse you on the visual, but you don't have to. Just imagine you have a teeny, teeny straw in your mouth and draw the air in through your lips. Try it, Diliana. Teeny, teeny, like a tiny, tiny little cocktail straw. The tiniest opening. You can feel the coolness across your tongue, Right. Right. And then you can exhale out your nose or your mouth. It doesn't matter. Once you get relaxed with it, you don't need to do it very many times because breathing in and out of the mouth can ultimately make you hotter. That's why animals pant yeah. because they're, they're trying to release heat. But when humans breathe a lot in and out their mouth, they dry out. It makes more heat in the body. So with the little straw breath, some people find that very easy. Some people just like to look at a square breath you know, a certain amount of counts for yeah. inhale, hold, exhale, hold, or even just inhale for a certain amount and exhale for a certain amount. These are all ways of being mindful, which will lead you into the state of meditation, which is nothingness, disappearing, fully relax. If a thought comes across, we're aware of it. We're not gone. We're not sleeping at this point, but we're non-reactive. We'll notice it, that's the first reaction, and that one's for free. But then we'll easily be able to remove ourselves, let it pass by, and be non-reactive. This is what it means to make the mind as still as a lake, which I think can be a very confusing metaphor.
0: (laughs) Yes, actually, meditation is the space between the toes. And actually, I want to ask you, breathing through the nose, how important is that?
1: The most important, the most important. In and out the nose is natural. Watch a baby breathe. They breathe with a lot of belly movement and they're breathing in and out their nose. Quite often they'll have their arms up. This makes space in the lungs. They're smart. When you were baby, you were smart. You knew when you were hungry, you knew when you were not. You knew how to breathe and you slept really well. So we can get you
0: back there once we find out Little things that help you. And also the deep diaphragmatic breathing, how that is important to help you with the relaxation in sleep. Absolutely. And these are things
1: before we get into intermediate breaths. I mean, some of what I described is a little bit more intermediate. Truly, all the breathing I teach to people for sleep in my course or one on one or in groups, they are beginner level. I have advanced level breathing too. But it just depends, you know, which one, if you get really hot, that it's got a funny name sounding in English. It's called shitali, is the breath through the straw or the curled tongue. Ujjayi, I, you might hear it described as an ocean breath. That vibration in the throat helps to relax the neck and the neck helps to relax the head and shoulders. And that's a very beautiful breath. That often helps a lot of people. But there are others. My favorite that I use in workshops when I want to prove to people that they can get into the meditative state is called Brahmari breath. And it's closing off the ears, the eyes, and resting the fingers around the mouth, breathing in through the nose, and then making a humming sound on the exterior. What that does is it vibrates the sound inside your head, and we yogis call the inside of the skull the cave of meditation. So that takes you right into the cave of meditation, which is truly where the pineal gland is, inside the head if you go front to back, side to side in the center. So this is where we want to make a little bit of vibration. Also, when you're chanting and making sounds with your mouth properly, you're creating kind of a cosmic sound. So on a sound I'm sure everybody's familiar with, which is om. You can hear me move the sound in different ways. So most people think, oh, it's just om. No, it's ah, ooh, mm. And then you pull it into the cave of meditation. I teach this (laughs) one-on-one.
0: Or we could do a whole show just on that. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to ask you how actually the breathing affects the brain. Oxygenation. I mean, that's an easy answer. The more
1: oxygen, the better. It's an electrical system, right? It's part of the whole system of the body, of the nervous system. And it depends on a lot of blood circulation. So the more oxygen in the blood, the better the blood. The more viscous liquid the blood, it doesn't get sticky. And the more possibility we have to open up some new gray matter and expand our brains. Because we only use a teeny portion. Well, most people. And we have the potential to really expand that. Also, if there is brain damage, we know that it, you know more oxygen, more breathing can help open up other areas of the brain and it can take over. It's a fantastic gelatinous glob in there, in our skulls.
0: What are you going to say for the people who are a little bit skeptical about self-healing with using the bread? What are you going to say to them how they can use the bread for self-healing?
1: I think the best solution, if you're really skeptical but you're really ready to try something, is find a good teacher. Because a good teacher knows how to instantly give you a full bodily felt sensation. And your inner child will believe because when we don't believe something, it's because we don't get a sense of it in our bodies. Now, I know a lot of people are intellectual. I mean, you can read studies on breathing. There have been many, many studies on breathing, and it's quite easy to find them. You know, how about this? How about I write a blog about it? Yes. (laughs) You can just go to my (laughs) my site later. Subscribe to my newsletter, and I'll let you know when the blog is published.
0: What is the one thing that you want to leave today, our audience, that they can start to implement and help themselves with sleep? To just try some different things, you know,
1: because if you've tried something several times and it's not working, but you know it works for someone else, it's okay because we're all a little bit different. We all digest differently. We all have different needs in our environment and for our peace of mind and our creature comforts. You know, I don't want you to think you have to take everything away that you love. You know, maybe you just reevaluate when you're taking it. I love chocolate. So I wasn't going to give up chocolate during that period of time. But if I was going to have an important meeting or it was later in the day and I knew it would affect my sleep, I would stop. But if I was eating it and just a teeny, teeny bit, then if I was sleeping poorly, I would be honest with myself, you know. I don't want you to give up and think I'm not like everybody, I can't possibly get through this, or I'll never be the one who can sleep like a rock. Well, I've had sleep envy. I mean, that's why I named this course and Sleep Envy, because I have been roommates with people who could just fall down, and as soon as they hit the pillow, they sleep, and then they sleep through the night, and, and they don't move till they get up. That is not me. So... We have to understand there's a vast range, and there's definitely a solution. As far as breath goes, you don't know till you try it. And at least try it three nights in a row or or three naps in a row. Try guided meditation. I have a podcast for free with even some breathing in them, so you can go give it a try and see if it works. If it doesn't, I understand, but you have to try a variety before you give up on it.
0: I want to finish with one question. If you want to say something in your 16-year-old ambika, what is going to be? When I was 16, I already knew
1: I wanted to be certified as a yoga teacher. I wasn't allowed to get into the program until I was 17 so that when I would graduate, I would be 18. You have to be 18. So what would I say now to 16-year-old? You're doing the right thing, kiddo. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well done, well keep done, the, keep doing keep, <laughs> doing keep on the doing path, it. keep helping, you know, you want to help people, you're creative, you're not afraid, just keep going.
0: Exactly, and I I, I want to say the same thing, keep wonderful work that you do, keep mm. inspired with your books, with your teaching, with your course, I hope that is going to be very soon available, so if the people want to reach out to you, how they can do that. The best way is through my website
1: and it's myname.com. So it's ambika davy.com, A-M-B-I-K-A-D-E-V-I dot com. And there you can sign up for my newsletter. You can read my blogs. I record my blogs so you can listen to them too. And they're all on my podcast. You can find me on Spotify or all of the podcast, you know, areas, iTunes, all of them at meditate with ambika. And there's lots for you there for free, everybody.
0: Thank you so much, Ambika, for your wisdom today. Thank you, listeners, to keep listening to us every week. And thank you again to be with me today. Thank you so much, Deliana. Thank you for tuning into to Menopause Made Easy. You can check out more episodes on Apple, Spotify, E-heart Radio, and your favorite podcast apps. Check out the show notes for any website linked to this episode, including where to connect with me on social media. I appreciate you tuning in. Remember to like, subscribe and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated of each episode release. And visit me at menopossupportacademy.com for all podcast updates as well. Appreciate you dropping by.